and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 18 and verses 10 to 14. So that's page 985, starting at verse 10 of Matthew chapter 18. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. That's Katie, let's pray together. For we pray that you would speak to us through the Bible, your word this morning. Uh, please encourage us. Uh, please challenge us where we need to be. Please speak to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Uh, now then, we're looking um, at sheep. And uh, it seems to me that uh, sheep are daft animals. Um, I think Camilla and Rosie, Rosie might disagree there. They're on the farm at Saddlescombe and they're in our small group. So they'll either tell me in about 25 minutes time or over coffee that I'm wrong. But uh, uh, I imagine um, as we look at Matthew 18, 10 to 14 this evening, and as we're thinking about going after the wanderers, uh, in that reading from the Bible, we had a number of ridiculous thoughts in mind. So, for instance, can you see the sheep there? Right in the middle, yeah? And uh, sometimes they do get into most ridiculous situations, don't they? A number of times we've been up mountains and uh, we think, how on earth did that sheep get there? Now, the interesting thing here is uh, they need rescuing. And uh, this guy comes down. Oh, there's another sheep in a ridiculous situation. How did he get in there? Well, actually, how can he get out of there? Um, but anyway, just think of the previous one. I thought I'd change the order of this. But there we are. Now, if you, if you think there's a guy coming down the rope to rescue it, that sheep has turned round and it's facing the opposite way. How did it do that? Perhaps they're not that stupid. But uh, anyway, the sheep from time to time do need rescuing from things. And uh, like that. And um, actually, I think this next one has probably been Photoshopped, but it's quite fun. And uh, But sheep do go into, uh, uh, get into silly situations sometimes, don't they? And humans, oops, what are we doing that? Do the same. Humans do the same. We get into stupid situations, up mountains sometimes, where you can't go up and you can't go down. And then uh, you have to call Mountain Rescue to help you. And uh, uh, And we are a bit like sheep. We wander off, we can get stuck, we can get into daft situations. And this morning... We're talking about people wandering off, actually wandering from church, wandering from God. And as we look at just these five verses in Matthew 18 notes, page 985, do have it open there. You can see just at the top of the right-hand column there in verse 12, and uh, it says, he's talking there, Jesus is talking there, and he says, and one of them, one of the sheep, wanders away. And then at the end of that verse, he talks about, look for the one that wandered off. And then in verse 13 at the end there, about the 99, they did not wander off. And so this is the thing today. We're talking about people wandering off, wandering off from the church, wandering off from Jesus Christ, wandering off from Christian commitment, and what we should do about it and what we might do to help and what we could do to make sure that we don't wander off ourselves. 
But first thing, let's just take a note that it is wandering off. It is drifting away. Uh, you see, it is, uh, as we've seen there, it is one of them wanders away. And uh, uh, it's imperceptible at first. And then you begin to notice how far uh, you've gone and how much has changed. But it's usually not quick. So in terms of, uh, say, church attendance, for instance, miss the odd Sunday. And we all miss the odd Sunday, don't we? Holidays and things like that, or being away, or going and visiting family or friends or whatever. But then a couple in a row, and then maybe a month in a row, and so on. We wander off. Now, Anna and I used to do a bit of sailing, and uh, uh, I was involved in leading a sailing venture on Chichester Harbour. Here we are. Um, Rather like uh, Foremark, except it's on boats like that. And uh, uh, and we always had a safety boat, but quite frequently someone would just drift off. They would just go off, maybe with the tide, get, just get taken down with the tide, didn't realise how far they'd gone. Or the tide was going out and they didn't realise how shallow it was, and then they find themselves having to uh, pull the, uh, the boat over the mud and so on. Uh, or maybe the safety boat just has to go and fetch them because they're, they're downwind and down tide and all the rest of it. And, uh, um, but it didn't happen deliberately and it didn't happen quickly. They just drifted away. They wandered off, if you like. So this morning, we're, to, we're thinking about people drifting off, wandering off. And what are we supposed to do? Well, in one phrase, what we are meant to do is to go after the wanderers in the nicest way. This isn't a kind of going to tell them off and so on, but this is going after the wanderers. Uh, and that's what we're thinking about this morning. And the, and the first question is this, why? Why? Well, there are three reasons we see here, and then there are three things to do. So the, the first thing is to say that those who wonder have got the Father's attention. And I think that should also be an incentive for us who are, say, here now, to encourage us not to be wandering off. So you look at verse 10. That, see to it, you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, that there are angels in heaven. Always see the face of my Father in heaven. Now, Jesus is talking about little ones. You remember a couple of weeks ago, as we were talking about the passage before this, and we saw in verse 6 there that the little ones are Christians. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me. So he's talking about Christians here, wandering off. And, uh, and those, in other words, were the humble and a childlike dependents who have put their trust in Jesus. But don't you think verse 10 is a bit odd, isn't it? I mean, you, th- you look at verse 10, for I tell you that there are angels in their angels in heaven, always see the face of my Father in heaven. And then you'll see in the Bibles there, there's a little 11 in brackets and an A by it, because that's also in Luke's gospel. And it's most likely that someone thought that ought to be put in here as well. And uh, it is most likely it wasn't part of the original. So we won't be referring uh, to that this morning. And, uh, um, but uh, it is all a little bit odd. Do we all have a guardian angel, do you think? Have you got a guardian angel who's kind of um, pleading your cause in heaven at the moment? And if you've got a New English Bible, not many of us do, but if we do have a New English Bible, it is, actually, it is translated that way. Angels do exist. Billy Graham wrote a book about angels, God's secret agents. Uh, Anna was once uh, visiting a friend in Spain and uh, the apartment complex where they were, she was in the pool with, uh, I think it was with Johnny and Ben, wasn't it? And, uh, uh, and there was, um, and, and then there was a, a guy she saw on the bottom of the pool. 
And Nana went in and got him out, got him back to the surface. Didn't get him out, got him back to the surface. And then uh, she couldn't get him out. He was too heavy, a dead weight. And then they, uh, and then this guy turned up out of the blue and uh, helped Nana to get him out. And then they, they got him breathing again and so on. Uh, and then the uh, paramedics turned up extraordinarily quickly. Uh, and then this guy had disappeared. Well, we think that was an angel. Charles Spurgeon said this, I do not know how to explain it, but I believe angels have a great deal to do with the business of this world. But how about each one of us having a guardian angel? It's unlikely because I think there's nowhere else in the Bible do we find the idea of a guardian angel, you know, your own personal and specific angel. And I think um, John Calvin got it right when he wrote this uh, 500 odd years ago, nearly 500 years ago. And he said this, to the angels is committed the care of the whole church and that they succor individual members so far as their necessity and situation demands. So there are angels, and they are there for us, especially when we need them in heaven and sometimes on earth. And here in Matthew 18, we see angels bringing wandering Christians to the attention of God the Father. And it's painting a picture for us. Um, It's not an allegory where every little detail just needs to be uh, something in particular. But it's just saying this. God's little ones have the Father's attention. And God's wandering little ones perhaps have even more the Father's attention. And in the context of these two uh, paragraphs here, if you're wandering from God and his church, contrary to what you might think and feel, you have God's attention. He knows. It's not just that he knows, though, because the next thing, as you see, is you've got the father's attention, but also the wanderers have the father's heart. So look at verses 13 and 14, um, uh, and it says there, so he goes out after the, the one that isn't there, and he says, and if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he's happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that didn't wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones, Christians, should perish. Just simple but incredibly important thing here. It's this. God loves you. God loves you. You cannot believe how much God loves you. And if you're, if you've been wandering away from the Lord this morning, or if maybe the last few weeks you're thinking, really? Do I really believe this? And you're thinking, wanderer. Well, just remember, God still loves you. And if you ever wander away from God in the future, God still loves you. And if you have a, say, a persistently sinful lifestyle, which is taking you away from God, he still loves you. And I know some of us are in some of those situations. And God still loves you. And he's not willing for you to perish what it says in verse 14, or it's literally, it is not the will before your father. God does not will the perishing of any of his little ones. Because he loves you. And he wants you back. And he comes searching. 
And if he finds you and you come back, then verse 13, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that didn't wander off. Little ones, Christians, got the father's attention. Second, they've got the father's heart. And the third thing here is they've got the father's concern. Just the end of uh, verse 14 there. He's not willing that any of these little ones should perish. The word is perish or lost, could be translated that. And he's concerned for you, for us. I mean, it could be this morning you've been out in the wilderness and and maybe now you're, you're back at BH this morning. What's wonderful news for us? But can I say it's also, it's probably even, it is more wonderful news even for our Father, our Heavenly Father, dare I say. Because God has the clearest picture of the dangers of a life lived without God. And this place, here, this people, is actually a wonderful place for you to help you to rekindle that fire of your faith. To fortify Jesus for the first time. Or to uh, for you to mature as one of God's little ones. It's a place to be. And more than that, small groups midweek and so on. But if you're uh, um, making a, a hash up of your life or whatever in one particular way, then know this. God is not abandoning you. He doesn't do that. He loves you. And he's concerned. And he always will be. And so will we. So we go after the wanderers. Why? Because they've got the Father's attention. They've got the Father's heart. And they've got the Father's concern. So what have we got to do? What have we got to do practically? What does it mean for us? What does it mean for you and for me? Well, again, it's on the back of the service sheet. But there are three things. And the first one is an attitude thing. Don't despise them. That's for all of us. You think of someone in the church or someone who used to be part of BH or someone you know, who's been perhaps really part of the church family and we don't see them. We're not going off to another church, but we, we, uh, we don't see them. And it is here, Jesus is saying, possible for us simply to despise them. Look at verse 10. First thing, see to it that you do not despise one of these little ones. Now, I mean, we could do that, just folks who are here, but we're thinking particularly in the context of those who are drifting. Now, um, it's not saying don't despise Christians. It is specifically saying don't despise one specific Christian. It says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. So someone in a specific situation. Don't despise the one who wanders off. Now, it's important we get this right first. Because if we don't do this, we're never going to do the next two points. So the first thing is to examine our hearts and to say to ourselves, what's my attitude to this friend of mine uh, who hasn't been around recently? What's this mean? Uh, Someone perhaps you could think of uh, who, you know, used to be involved, but now not, not involved in any church. Could be for lots of different reasons. Maybe... Their job's been crippling them, crippling them physically and emotionally. Maybe there are personal issues, uh, personal issues over which they feel they can't face other people. It's just too embarrassing. 
Or maybe they're unwell and their faith has been really suffering as a result. Or maybe they've been acting sinfully. Perhaps they've gone off with someone else and they don't feel it's right to be at church. Or maybe they've chosen a job, which means they have to work every single Sunday and they can't be here uh, now and they're drifting away. And or many, many other reasons. And for every one of those examples I've given, you could despise them for the decisions that they've made, for their weaknesses, in inverted commas. So you could say, for instance, job's too much for you? Well, resign. That's what you've got to do. And trust God for another job and come back to church. But actually in our hearts, we find ourselves just a little bit despising them that they took the job in the first place and they haven't actually done that yet. They haven't actually resigned yet. Or personal issues. We could be saying, well, be strong. Overcome your embarrassment. You know, be, don't be so weak. Get back. Come back. Or we could say, you're unwell. Turn to God, not from God. And he'll support you in your suffering. Are you sure you can't get to church? We could be thinking these things. We probably wouldn't be saying it. Or you've acted sinfully. Well, you need to repent. Just do it. Don't be so weak and confused about it all. Or why on earth did you choose that job when you knew it meant you couldn't get to church? You see, for all of those, we could be just looking back down. We could be looking and thinking, well, actually, to be honest, uh, I'm slightly despising you here. And the bottom line is this. We just mustn't, don't despise any individual who's wandering off. Do you think God despises them? Not for one milliseconds. He loves them. He's concerned. So we don't despise. And maybe for you, there's something you need to say sorry to the Lord about. About one particular person, perhaps. And then the second thing is this. So we're going to say, let's go to attitudes, right? We don't despise them. Now, it says there, go after them. Uh, this is not, not a kind of chasing them and so on, but, uh, um, but to go after in the nicest, gentlest, most concerned kind of way. So verse 12, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it truly, I tell you, he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. Just at the beginning of that, when Jesus says, what do you think? It's, uh, he's really saying, what, you know, what do you think? He wants to get people involved. He wants to get people thinking about this and so on. And they'd all know about shepherds and sheep. And in those days, that kind of thing happened. So, you know, they'd regularly count the sheep. And if there was one missing, then they would go off. They may leave their sheep in the because uh, there were quite a number of shepherds around. So they may have had someone who would keep an eye on their flock, but they'd go looking. And uh, the issue is this. You go after the one. You go after the one. One's important. One Christian is important. One human being is important. One's important. I remember Billy Graham once being interviewed on the network television before one of his huge crusades. And the interviewer said something like this, Dr. Graham, um, you've been planning this great big mission for years. You've had staff over here preparing for it for many months. Hundreds are involved as volunteers. Hundreds of churches are involved. The organization is extraordinary. Uh, and uh, it's cost an absolute fortune. How many converts would make this worthwhile? And Billy replied, just the one. Just the one. Because one is important. 
Because every individual is important. Because you are important. You personally are so important to God, to the Lord. Everyone is important. And I think this is deeply uh, challenging for us to uh, just going after the wondrous. Because we're not always terribly good at it. Oh, and please don't think this is just something for the staff, because this is a picture, uh, well, you could say here, it's talking about shepherds, and you could say, well, obviously, this is, just, this, is, um, this is for the staff, this is for the shepherds here, isn't it? But actually, the picture of the shepherd here is a picture of God. And so the application is not just to the leaders, the shepherds of this particular part of God's flock, but the application here is talking about God's heart for individuals, and there that's therefore, that is something for all of us. Oh yeah, as leaders, we will be involved. But the sheep here uh, uh, is, uh, is the people, and the shepherd is primarily a picture of God and his people. So we go after the wanderers. A call, an email, a note through the door, invitation to a meal. So you want to come round? Let's go out and have a coffee. A text, message him on Facebook. Missed you recently at BH. I hope you're okay. And of course, we do that. I mean, on the staff, we do uh, we do talk about folks. But see, the thing is. Because we're, we're not the biggest church in the world, but it is quite easy just to miss people. And you suddenly realize after three, oh, I haven't seen X, Y, or Z for a little while. But if you're their friend, you will know, probably before we do as a staff. But we want to be concerned. It shows we care. And if you're their close friend, then you will probably know before we do. And you could be the first and the most important person to show that you care, to show that we care, to ask if it's all okay. It's not hard. It's probably not very time-consuming. Although, let's be honest, it could be. But we need to help one another to keep going. I'm always on the lookout for good noteclips. You know, those cards that you can write a little thing on, have a little store at home just so I could drop a note to someone to say, thank you for this, or hope you're okay, or, or, or whatever. But how would you do it? If you notice one of your friends, someone in your small group, someone who you know well, hadn't been around for a while, or maybe uh, they've had an operation, they're just getting over it, or uh, maybe there's been difficulty at home and so on, just a little note there to say, do hope to see you back at BH soon. I think that's an area that we need to be tightening up on as a church family because God loves people he loves the ones and we do as well but actually that's a practical thing and I think sometimes we just need to help and encourage one another with the practical things just to show that we do love people and then uh, one other thing look at verse 13 just carefully would you and it says and if he finds it truly I tell you he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that didn't wander off. I wonder what the most important word in that verse is. I think it could well be, if. I think that's saying that not all the wanderers are found, and not all the wanderers return. And that's tragically sad. But what a party when one does come back. 
And that's the last point here. Go after the wanderers. So we're not going to despise them. Let's get our attitude right. We're going to go after them in a loving, gentle way to help and encourage them to return. And then the third thing is to say, bring them back rejoicing. Just at the end of verse 13, he is happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that didn't wander off. Look at the joy here. There's something rather special, isn't there, about one coming back. Um, I have a, a list of people, I pray through my list of, uh, uh, of folks I'd, I'd love to see back and, well, lots of other lists. I've got lots of lists in here of folks I pray for. And, uh, and then uh, if I've been praying for you and you walk back into church, my heart leaps for joy. And from time to time, when that happens, actually it happens quite regularly, uh, when it happens, uh, on a Sunday morning, often walking down there, and I see you and you've come back, if you see me go, yes, like that, okay, I'm, uh, I'm not very expressive on this thing, but I will then say, I probably say it out loud, thank you, Lord, all right? But if you, if you see me punch, you know, there, yeah, that's probably what it's about, about five to ten on a Sunday morning, 25 past six on a Sunday night. Okay, and actually that's me doing verse 13 or reflecting that. He's happy about that one sheep and about the 99 that did not wander off. I'm still happy about the 99 who didn't wander off. I'm particularly happy about the one who's come back. Now, let me tell you about something that uh, happened recently. I was uh, at a conference and I bumped into an old friend of mine and his wife of many years. He had been a minister uh, who had been forced to leave his church uh, because of his own marital unfaithfulness. And it was a time that was very, very difficult for him, his wife, his church, and many other people as well. And uh, uh, they had to leave their church, and they started going to another one. Uh, but it was a very hard time, and he was deeply, deeply shamed and humbled. And as I talked to them together, as husband and wife, you could see in his body language that he'd been a broken man and that God was gradually putting him back together again. And the two of them, as they stood there, they talked to me uh, about how much they had learned, both of them, and how much uh, they had been moved by the grace of God. And as they were coming back to the Lord and actually coming back to his people, and as they were talking about how that had happened, I couldn't take a huge smile off my face. Not because of what he had done, because that remains appalling and dreadful. But actually a huge smile because this wanderer had returned to his wife, to his God, and to God's people, where he had found profound forgiveness. And as they said to me time and time again, the wonderful grace of God. Let's go after the wanderers and bring them back rejoicing. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this uh, passage, just those five verses. And thank you, Lord, that 
as you talk here about the wonders, we, we can see your heart, the Father's attention, the Father's heart, the Father's concern. We pray, Lord, that we may reflect that ourselves. We pray we'd reflect in our attitude so that we don't despise those who have drifted away for whatever reason. We pray, Lord, that you would give us more and more your heart so that we may go after them, so we may encourage them to come back to you and to your people. And Lord, thank you that we see here a a little and a wonderful picture of your heart rejoicing when the one comes back. We pray, Lord, you'd do that in our midst too, for Jesus' sake.